0: Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast. We do care about the Green Bay Packers, and we don't care about anything else. Let's go. And welcome back to Dedicated Packers. It is Wednesday, April 26th. It is the eve of the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. And that means that today I'm going to be breaking down my five-round Green Bay Packers mocked mock draft. This is the official draft, or mock draft, that I will look back on on sunday when i do the packers draft recap and i'm gonna say nick you screwed up this one nick you nailed this one nick this one was bad nick this one was good chances are we'll only get one or two nick this was good probably one maybe even zero but we'll see where that all takes us in terms of news before we jump into the mock draft aaron Rodgers, obviously he's a jet now so any sort of thoughts on the trade that you want to hear, you can check out my Aaron and the Jets episode. Also, Brian Gutekunst, he talked today, and he said he didn't want to discuss Aaron. Aaron, you know, talked with the Jets media today. I don't want to talk about his comments there. There, there was nothing egregiously wrong with them. I just, I want to sort of move on now because... Aaron Rodgers' comments no longer concern me. We're moving full ahead with Jordan Love. And that's the mindset that Goody has. That's the mindset that I have. Goody could talk more about draft compensation today since the trade has gone through. And he said that he likes having the two this year. That is the second round pick that the Jets gave up in this year's draft, pick 42, because there will be good players at pick 42. And he also said that. Having that second round pick could give them flexibility when it comes to maneuvering to different spots in the draft. Goody also said that next year's pick, which is of course the conditional second that could become a first rounder, he said that that was very important to him because he wanted something of fair value back for a player that I think everyone considers very good in Aaron Rodgers. And then Goody also said that regarding that conditional pick, there was some back and forth around what the conditions were going to be, and they settled on playtime at 65%. He said that he thought that playtime was an important thing to look at. He also, Brian, said that they were excited about the cap and how it will help them next year. So, you know, nothing major from Brian's comments, just a little bit of... A couple things to discuss. Then, the 2023 draft class for the Green Bay Packers, what is that going to look like? How are they going to approach this draft? When you're looking at the 2023 draft class, I think that you're going to want more picks later in the draft. And that is because... This year's draft is not filled with those elite, elite players. You don't have your Chase Youngs, your Trevor Lawrence, your Miles Garrett, guys that are no-brainers, first-rounders. These are going to be studs of studs. Instead, they are more so players that have very nice traits, but some big weaknesses, or... They're players that have low ceilings but very high floors so if you're looking at a will Anderson who's widely considered the top edge rusher in the class, he probably doesn't have that JJ Watt ceiling in him, but you could a hundred percent see him being a very good edge rusher in the NFL. if you're looking a little bit further back at someone like a Lucas Van Ness or a Miles Murphy, those are guys that definitely have the potential to be really, really good, but there are still some big weaknesses on tape. And so two seconds in this draft might be more valuable than a first rounder. And that means that if we're looking at options for what the Packers might be doing at pick 13, trading back is a very viable option. And so that's going to sort of transition us into just looking specifically at pick 13 What could the Packers do there? Obviously, if some massive prospect falls, if a Tyree Wilson falls, a Christian Gonzalez falls, maybe they fall to picks eight or nine, then I think there's a not a tiny chance that the Packers could trade up and snatch one of them if they really like them. They could also, and this is sort of the what you'd expect a team to do who's picking at pick 13, they could actually pick someone. And they could pick, I would guess there's sort of two types of ways they'd go. They could take a tackle, that is Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, Paris Johnson, those top three guys, because they'll probably have their top choice of tackle there. Or they could take a really talented edge rusher, because I would guess that guys like Miles Murphy and Lucas Van Ness are going to be on the board. And then they could also if they really want to, take an offensive player so or an offensive skill position player. So Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, if he's on the board, they could take the wide receiver out of Ohio State. They could also take pretty much any tight end. They would definitely, if they're taking a tight end at 13, that'd definitely be the first tight end off the board. So the Packers could trade up. That's relatively unlikely unless someone huge falls. Or they could take a top tackle, their choice of the top tackle in this year's class, or they can take sort of any number of very talented players, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pitt, or they could trade back and get even more assets, and that is something that's potentially valuable to do when you look at how this year's draft class shakes up. Now, before we jump into my little mock draft, I do have an interesting nugget here about pick 13 and the Packers moving up, and you'll remember that, well, it depends on whether or not you've listened to the Aaron Rodgers episode, but I did say in that episode that Goody, when he was talking at his presser, he talked about how if he were to move up to 13, of course he had to speak in hypotheticals then because the trade hadn't officially gone through, if he were to move up to 13 from 15... That would be something that he thought was important. So it seemed like the pick swap of 13 for 15 in the Rodgers deal was something that Goody fought for. And Bill Huber released a very interesting Sports Illustrated article about the history of pick 13 versus pick 15. So at pick 13, there have been three, soon to be four with Aaron Donald going into the Hall of Fame, three Hall of Famers drafted at pick 13. There have been zero Hall of Famers drafted at pick 15. There have been 12 All-Pros drafted at pick 13, only four at pick 15. There have been 29 Pro Bowlers drafted at pick 13, and only 17 at pick 15. And there have been 29 players drafted at pick 13 who had six-plus starting seasons versus 24 who were drafted at pick 15 that had six-plus starting seasons. So that is that history pretty clearly favors pick 13, and that especially comes true when you look at the last few players that have been drafted to pick 13. So 10 players that were picked at pick 13 started last year in the NFL. Defensive tackle Jordan Davis, he, I guess, wasn't really a starter. Bill Huber mentioned that in his article, but he was... He's definitely a guy that the Eagles are excited about. Looking beyond him at all of the starters who were drafted at pick 13. Chargers, almost all pro offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. Tristan Wirfs, who I believe was a pro bowler in his rookie season. Christian Wilkins, who's really coming into his own. He's a really good player. Deron Payne, another guy for the commanders. He is really good on the defensive interior. Hassan Reddick just got a massive deal with the 49ers. Laramie Tunsil. Just signed a massive deal with the Texans. He's an all-pro level left tackle. Andrews Pete, really good tackle for the Saints. And Aaron Donald, a future Hall of Famer. Now, compare that to pick 15, where only four players selected at pick 15 started last season. You're looking at Texans guard Kenyon Green, not really a very relevant player. Mac Jones, the Patriots quarterback, not great. Broncos wide receiver, Jerry Judy. The Broncos are currently trying to trade him, and they're looking for a first-round pick for Jerry Judy, and no one's willing to give that up. And then the Raiders tackle Colton Miller. Yeah. It's a much better history at pick 13. So, I don't think Goody decided to move his way up because of any sort of history associated with pick 15 versus pick 13. I don't even think that the history is super relevant, because there's still a good chance that whoever the Packers pick ends up not being great. But it is interesting, perhaps, the difference in pick 13 versus pick 15, and it's not that there's a little difference that is, could just be attributed to luck. That is, there's a pretty substantial difference. Now, with all of that said, let's jump into my mock draft. So, first, at pick 13, what did the Green Bay Packers do in my mock draft? Well, I decided to trade pick 13 to Philadelphia. As I mentioned, the draft is not top-heavy, so I traded with the Eagles. I traded down to pick 30 in exchange for pick 13. In addition to pick 30, I got pick 62, a pick at the end of the second round, and a 2024 second-rounder, and a 2024 fifth-rounder. Now, there were definitely good players available at pick 13. I'm talking Lucas Van Ness, Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern, a tackle-slash-guard who I really, really like. But, like most other players in this class, those guys aren't total home run selections, and I think if you're going to pick someone at 13, they should be locked in total home run selections. So, I decided to move back and get a later first rounder and a second rounder. So, I moved back, and then at pick 30, the pick I got from the Eagles, or the first rounder I got from the Eagles, who did I get? I talked about him in the edge rusher episode. It's Ada Tomiwa, Ada the edge out of Northwestern. I love this guy. High RAS, 9.84, and he's a hybrid type. He's an edge, perhaps technically, but he's also a defensive tackle. He's really good at sort of playing both of those positions, and I love him from a pass standpoint from the interior. He's really good at just slipping past guards when he's pass rushing from the interior with... Inagbari on one side, Preston on the other, I think you could use him in the interior alongside either Kenny Clark or Devontae Wyatt, or even in a five-man line. You could put Inagbari on one side, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny, Adebouare, and then Preston on the other side. I think that would be so good, especially from a pass-rushing standpoint, and I don't think he's great at holding up from the interior against the run because he's a little bit undersized. But you could put him at the edge in that area, and he would hold up well there because of the way that he's able to understand leverage, how he's able to come up and meet his his blockers. and yeah, he's not gonna be your base interior defender against the run. He's also not going to be your all pro level edge rusher, but he's a guy that can stand up against the run on the edge that can rush the pocket from the inside. And that is super valuable. That versatility means that he can be used in so many different ways right now. And with a little bit of time, maybe he can even develop into an elite player on either the edge or in the interior of the defensive line. So Adebowari at pick 30, very excited about that. I also think there's a good chance the Packers draft him. Again, the high RAS score, and he visited with Green Bay at pick 42. And I talked about this guy. In my top offensive prospects episode, Cody Mock, the tackle out of North Dakota State. Cody Mock, I love this guy. I think that there is never a bad time to take an offensive lineman. And you might think, well, it seems like the Packers, you know, they have a pretty decent number of offensive linemen. And while I agree with that at the surface, I think that you can never have too much depth along the offensive line. Cody played tackling college, and I think you could see him slot in there, but you could also see him slide inside, uh, play guard perhaps, and compete with John Runyon Jr., because a lot of the best guards played either tackle or center in college. And even if Cody Mock doesn't get too many reps this year, I think that he could be super impactful the following year. I think that maybe Zach Tom, if David leaves in 2024, maybe Zach Tom has to jump into left tackle. And that means that Mock can step in at whatever position is left behind. Maybe that's right tackle. You know, Zach Tom moves over from right tackle to left tackle. Or maybe it's a guard spot because Zach, Zach Tom moved over to left tackle and Elton ends up moving to center because Zach Tom was playing center before, and now Cody Mock has to slide in at guard. I think that that is, there are so many ways in which Cody Mock could be useful, and I think he's exactly the type of player that you want to draft to fill in those roles. Because, yeah, he needs a little bit of work on his pass blocking, especially from the tackle spot, but that's something, A, that'll come with time, and B, if you start moving him inside to a guard spot, pass blocking becomes a little bit easier. And then against the run, he's so, so good. And the Packers need offensive linemen who can just go out and win in the run game. And that is Cody Mock to a T. This is a guy that a lot of people have connected to the Packers. He's a guy with a high RAS score, uh, somewhere around the low nines, high eights. And I would love, I would love this pick. It adds depth to an offensive line room that always can use extra depth, and I really like Cody Mock, the player. And then at pick 45, just three picks later, the Packers' second second rounder, Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. I didn't have any other option here. What was I supposed to do with my favorite tight end in the draft sitting there at 45? I had to snag him, Darnell Washington. Love this guy. He's visited with the Packers. High RAS, 9.88. So, automatically a Packers guy. And the Packers need a tight end. And Darnell Washington is a relatively safe pick at tight end. Because, in my mind, he has the floor of an older Mercedes Lewis, where Mercedes Lewis is a good blocker, but he doesn't do too much for you in the pass game. Now, I do think Lewis, as it stands right now, is a better blocker than Darnell Washington, but. Washington probably does a little bit more for you in the pass game, just because he's younger, his legs are more fresh. So, worst case scenario, the Packers draft Darnell Washington here, and they just replace Mercedes Lewis, who they need to replace anyway. Best case scenario, however, and this is best, best, best case scenario, Darnell Washington becomes Robert Gronkowski, and I really don't use this comparison lightly. Darnell Washington has all of those tools. He has phenomenal body control a ridiculous frame and wingspan, and then elite blocking. Yes, please, he has the ceiling to be such a difference maker. And then even if he doesn't hit that ceiling, realistically, he's going to fall somewhere right in the middle where he's going to develop into a really good blocking tight end that can go up and can make plays after the catch or on jump balls in the red zone. No, he's never going to be a big-time threat from the 50-yard line where you're worried that he's going to take off and score. But the valuable tight end that will block his ass off in the run game and can go up and make those jump ball plays, and when you throw him a flat, he's going to go up and take it 15 yards. That's so valuable, and that's why I love Darnell Washington. He's probably the player that I want the Packers to come out of this draft with the most. I love Darnell Washington. Then... At pick 62, again, this pick I acquired in the trade with the Eagles that I made at pick 13, I traded down to pick 66. I traded again. I traded pick 62. I traded pick 62 and pick 149, a fifth rounder, for pick 66 and pick 105, a fourth rounder. And the Pro Football Network Mock Simulator, which I used to make this fake mock draft, that's what offered me this trade. and. I didn't choose any player trades with the PFN mock simulator because those were ridiculously unrealistic, but pick trades are more realistic because of the calculations a a computer can do. And in my mind, it's totally worth it to move back just four spots from pick 62 to 66 in return for an early fourth rounder, pick 105, and giving up a, a, you know, decently late fifth rounder at pick 149. So... We move back to pick 66. And then at 66, who did I take? Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State. I'm sorry. What was I supposed to do? He was just sitting there, a 9.95 RAS score. And I don't necessarily think the Packers are going to take Musgrave. He'd have to be really falling in the draft because Musgrave isn't exactly their cup of tea at tight end. Yes, he has the high RAS, but he cannot block. But musgrave in my mind is a much better player than he's given credit for and in my mind he's just a slight downgrade from dalton kincaid and kincaid is a guy that a lot of people are projecting to go in the first round and in my mind then if luke musgrave is falling to the third round and he's just a little bit worse than kincaid you gotta take him and What people love about Kincaid, partly, is his jump ball ability, his ability to go up and win and just take the ball away from a defender. Musgrave doesn't have that. Now, that being said, he has good hands, he doesn't have drop issues, and he can hold on to the ball well through contact. Yeah, again, he's not going to sky over people, but he's good when it comes to catching the football, and you can put him through a couple of hits, and he's going to hold onto that ball. Then. Route running is, in my mind, where Musgrave really separates himself. He has such natural speed and athleticism that separation seems to come easy to him. And with more experience, I think Musgrave is going to turn into a really, really good tight end from route running standpoint. And that is the perfect compliment to Darnell Washington, because, sure, Musgrave's not a very good blocker. But Darnell Washington isn't this super speedy tight end either. So you can put Washington on one side as your big bodied, hard blocking tight end that can make a little bit of plays in the passing game. On the other side, you have Musgrave, who is your 9.95 elite athlete tight end who can't really block, but he's a mismatch in the passing game against the linebacker. Great value at pick 66 for Luke Musgrave. I just couldn't leave a player that skilled sitting there. And then at pick 78, I take Isaiah McGuire, the edge rusher out of Missouri, a 9.53 RAS for Isaiah McGuire. And a little issue is that he had a poor three-cone drill, 7.39, which is pretty slow. The Packers like their three-cone drills, so it's, that's not great. But... High RAS, and I love Maguire's tape, just like I love Musgrave's tape. And I'm hoping that with Maguire's high RAS, the Packers are going to look at taking him, especially when you combine that with what he could bring from the edge spot. So, yes, I did take Atabawari at pick 30. He was my first pick in this draft. But I still think that the Packers need edge depth, especially with Atabawari being more of an interior edge hybrid piece. And I think that when you look at Isaiah Maguire, when you're looking at what he could bring right away, you're looking at a good rotational piece. Because from a pass rush standpoint, I like what Maguire brings to the table. He has the power, the physicality to just drive a tackle back into the pocket. But at the same time, he has the bend, he has the athleticism that you want to see out of an edge rusher, and he can use that to get around tackles and get to the quarterback with more speed, finesse tactics and I think that with a little bit of work on his technique and a lot of work on his run defense, yes, he's a bit of a project, but you can develop him into a really good edge rusher. Right now, you know, you bring him in, you draft him, he can work in rotationally alongside Justin Hollins and company. You know, Kingsley and Akbari's tired. Okay, take him out, put Isaiah McGuire in. But as the years go on, you can get excited about what this guy could bring, just like you can get excited about what Mari could bring. And then, at pick 105, the early fourth-round pick for the Green Bay Packers, I'm taking Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Old Miss. And moving into the fourth round, I saw Mingo. And as sort of is the case with the entire draft process, you tend to take guys earlier... Where you originally thought you'd be taking him. So Mingo, he's a guy that I originally had as sort of a fifth-round receiver, a target in the fifth round. But as the draft process went on, he began rising through the ranks until he's more of a third-round type of guy. And so, if he's there in the fourth, I think the Packers have to take him, and that's what I did in this draft. 9.86 RAS, a really nice 4.4640 time. He's a playmaker, and yes. Watson's your wide receiver one, 100%. He's that guy that can do everything. But behind him, the Packers don't have a guy that is an instant threat with the ball in his hands. Dobbs, he's super slippery, don't get me wrong, but he isn't that breakaway threat. If you throw Dobbs a screen, you're thinking he can get five to 10 yards, but he's not going to score a touchdown on that screen. Mingo, on the other hand, he can score a touchdown with that screen. You swing it to him, he can make guys miss like Dobbs. But then he can also run people over, and with his big frame, he's a guy that I'd be really excited about just getting the ball into the hands of. Then, beyond just getting the ball into his hands, he's also a guy that I would love to see do a lot of the dirty work over the middle. You have Dobbs perhaps running a a little fade. You have Watson running a corner. Stick Jonathan Mingo on a dig route over the middle and get Jordan Love to just hit him. Matt LaFleur, I trust Matt LaFleur to get Mingo open. And at that point, it just comes down to Mingo making plays, picking up yardage over the middle. Yeah, he's not super refined in his route running right now. He has a couple of issue with drops, but you clear those things up. You take this big frame, this athletic body that can come in and do work over the middle and make plays with the ball in his hands. I really like that. And the Packers just need wide receiver bodies. Mingo would be a very valuable body to add. And then the final pick in this draft, because I traded the fifth rounder, the Packers pick at 116, their second, fourth round pick, the one guy we haven't discussed at all in any of the prior episodes, Jartavius Martin, a cornerback out of Illinois. And Martin, technically, he is a cornerback, but I'm 100% thinking the Packers would move him to safety. And I really like what he could bring there. He visited with the Packers and recorded a nine point two eight RAS score and the one sort of glaring issue with Martin is that he can struggle in tight man coverage he can't totally lock up receivers which you know as a cornerback isn't great but moving him to safety that becomes less of a concern plus Joe Barry doesn't even play man anyway so who cares looking at Martin looking at his strengths he's a great range safety He has the range to cover a lot of distance, which would be huge. You can leave him back there and expect him to cover receivers. He's fluid in coverage, good hips, and he has good ball skills. And then really importantly, he was graded so, so well in run defense, which is really important for a Packers team that let's be honest, kind of sucks at run defense in a pinch. Maybe, you know, Keyshawn Nixon gets injured, Darnell Savage gets injured. You can also have Jartavius Martin playing in the slot because he has plenty of experience with that from college. Martin is everything that Green Bay wants in a safety. Yeah, the tight man coverage, a bit of an issue, but he can play zone. He has good hips. You like the way he moves. He's got good ball skills. This is what you want. And so Jartavius Martin, I think he should be the pick there in the fourth rounder. So a quick recap. For the Packers, I have the edge rusher, Adetamua Adeboware. I have the tackle, Cody Mock, the tight end, Darnell Washington, tight end, Luke Musgrave, edge, Isaiah McGuire, wide receiver, Jonathan Mingo, and cornerback safety, Jartavius Martin. That's my Packers Mock draft. Super excited about this. Super excited about the draft tomorrow. Can't wait for all of this, and I can't wait to break it down. Oh, God, it's so exciting. This is going to be fun. As always, thank you very much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I will see you on Sunday discussing all of the Packers' picks. Can't wait. Very excited. But until next time, go pack, go.